Hey, welcome to Slashers and Spirits, a horror movie podcast. In this show, Kim and I, longtime horror movie fans, show some of our favorite horror movies to AJ, a scaredy cat who hated the genre until just recently. It's also a long-standing tradition to drink heavily throughout this process, causing us to get a little, well, off-topic. I'm Aaron. I'm the scaredy cat. Oh, shit. I'm Kim. <laughs> AJ said she she was she she had a mysterious stance on being called the scaredy cat. Oh, I fucking hate it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Like, it's accurate. I'm not gonna argue too much because, like, I am afraid of a lot of things and I yes. jump easily and yes. it's okay, whatever. But I fucking hate it, and that's why I've chosen to identify as it. Because why not? <laughs> I'm so confused. Should we not call you this or should we call you this? I didn't mean to. I you didn't can do poking. whatever. You can do whatever you want. That's a yes. So we will. Scaredy cat. Uh, this is this is some passive aggressiveness <laughs> I wasn't expecting to encounter in the first minute and thirty <laughs> seconds of this podcast here. <laughs> we make a little fun. If we, we can we can axe the scaredy cat. We, we can, we no, can it's fine. It. It's no I'm really deal. fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> it's here to stay permanently. Yeah, that's fine. Does this set the tone for this episode already? Yes. Because <laughs> I couldn't agree more. We took a, a, a week break yes. in recording. That's not super important, but I guess how it's was kind of relevant. How was everyone's last weekend? Was it good? Was it bad? Did it was you guys the, the enjoy long yourself? weekend? Yeah. It, right? Yeah. No, it was it was good for me. I went and uh, I was fully vaccinated, so I went out like with some friends from high school for Ooh. the first time. Yeah. Um, That's fun. It was nice to, you know, see other people in real life. Yeah, nice. absolutely. Kim, did you do anything? Um, just, I mean, I worked, <laughs> saw my family, Not nothing big, nothing insane. Threw some rocks at some orphanage windows. Of course. You know. Burned down a there. hospital. No, not a hospital, but, you know, an orphanage, maybe. Burned down an <laughs> orphanage? <laughs> yeah. At least in the orphanage, they're not sick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I had a good weekend. Um, <laughs> this is the whole setup. We're going to talk about her fucking no weekend. Well, no one bothered to ask. <laughs> well, we were still discussing the orphanage fire. <laughs> How was your weekend? It I was, was not going to ask. <laughs> I was going to move on. I knew you weren't. Um, it was good. I went to a party because I'm also vaccinated and with some vaccinated people for my friend's birthday. It was very fun. Hell yeah. Yeah. Made some tiramisu. Oh cool. shit. Mm-hmm. Was it good tiramisu? It was. I'm sure it was, but. It was very good. I brought it to work, gave it to some coworkers. They also liked it. So I got a show off. It was fun. Hell yeah. What else do we have to talk about? Should we talk about one of our tangents? Or should we wait should we... till we do that like chronologically? Let's go through it chronologically. All right. How do I we like all feel? Kept track of the. Yeah, I kept track of most of them. Like in general, how are we feeling? Yeah. I'm good. Slightly drunk as usual. <laughs> Love that, Kim. I mean, good. I guess there's a mild sense of disappointment, but I guess we'll. Yeah. To do later. <laughs> what was the movie we saw previous to this? The Conjuring. The Conjuring. Right? Okay, the first oh one. yeah, that was a good one. I I have a lot of comparisons to it throughout, so I guess we don't need to like talk about it too much up front. But I feel like yeah. it's pretty good. I kind of feel the same way. Anything I'd say about the first Conjuring, like, kind of leads into this Conjuring, uh, but not in good ways. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I guess it had a really great impact on you, AJ, because you dyed your hair Annabelle Red. <laughs> trendsetter, and <laughs> you were now yep. Annabelle. It was fully because of Annabelle. That's yeah. what I did. Hundred yeah. percent. It's the first thing I thought of. I was like, "Damn, she really liked that movie." <laughs> AJ Annabelle Dugan. <laughs> That's actually what the A stands for. <laughs> so Annabelle. 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 Is bad. Agreed. Agreed. Kim almost forgot her own name. I what? No, it was because it was because <laughs> you said never that happened to me. You were the scaredy cat, and I went, "Oh shit!" And then Kim's like, "Do I come in now, or do I acknowledge the oh shit and scaredy exactly, cat?" Yeah. Uh, I didn't forget my name. What are we drinking? What I'm drinking white claw. Top? I'm drinking a variety of white claws. What are you drinking, Kim? Um, Jose Cuervo. Ooh. A Paloma. Oh, in a tequila. can. It's a tequila night. Just, yeah, it's nothing extreme, night. though. Mm. How many I have could you had? I something extreme. One and a half. Okay. I'm going to work tomorrow, so I can't go crazy. Yeah. That's fair. What are you drinking, Aaron? Uh, I've had a few Micheladas, which I feel like it's a little late for Micheladas, but I'm just going for it. Is there a time like, Micheladas are like, like, yeah, they're like an acceptable, like, brunch Lunch. drink right i mean i guess I, mean. I don't know if i've ever been at a brunch where someone's had a michelada but i don't really do it's brunch because like... i'm mexican she i thought you were just anti-basic mm. i thought it was because she was a vampire <laughs> <laughs> yes that one I, I... I've never seen Kim before noon, if I'm being honest. I think she's... Honestly, I have, but only very few occasions. And the sun was pretty cloudy outside, so I think it worked. Yeah, I don't like tanning. I don't Is like it because you sparkle? God. <laughs> no. All right, so that's the Twilight box. I'd rather be a cool vampire yeah. than a Twilight vampire. Podcast. Um, do we have a quick Harry Potter reference? We want That's to what I was just thinking right too? then. Well, the Warner Brothers in the beginning, I made a Harry Potter reference. Yeah. Okay. So that's both. All right. Yeah. So we're we're on track here. We thought this was a mess of an intro, but we're actually on track. We've covered all our bases. <laughs> we have. We started we a made fight. Fun of, yeah, we made fun <laughs> of each other. We talked about Harry Potter and Twilight. So I think everyone's got made fun of too. Have I been made fun actually, of? Actually, I made you stress out a little, I feel like. Oh, in the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I thought, because I, 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 we had never talked about the scaredy cat thing before, and all of a sudden it was it was like a big issue, and I was like, oh shit, I didn't realize. I'm sorry. Sorry. Um, so we we watched The Conjuring Three today. Today. Um, um, fuck. It it also came out today, which is why we're watching it. None of us had you know had the opportunity to see it because it literally came out a couple hours ago, and we figured it would just be a good blind podcast watch. But um, I regret it. <laughs> just to cut to the end here. Uh, yeah. I regret it. Yeah. Uh, I feel like last week when we watched the first Conjuring, I had a new respect for the Conjuring and it, it aged well. And I can see why it was such a big deal. So I entered this one with like some relatively high expectations. And yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure those were met. What about, what about you guys? 
Yeah, I feel very similarly. I feel like the last time, like the last movie was pretty good. And this one was just a shit show, honestly. Very different vibes throughout the movie. A lot of different stuff happening. None of it really good. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I've, I've seen the entire trilogy, so I think I'm the only one, if that's correct, to see yeah. all the movies of the Conjuring universe. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't really expecting it to be great, because I know how the Annabelle movies went, and they were not great, in my opinion. Um, so I didn't have high expectations for it. But they try to be different, and I think that's what made me dislike it the most. <laughs> they really tried. I, it's probably not a favorite of mine. I'm probably never going to rewatch this movie. It's, yeah. I I think yeah. out of just The Conjuring itself, discarding the Annabelles, it's probably, like, the least favorite of the three. Yeah, I, it was kind of all over the place. And, like, I feel like the movie expected me to stop paying attention and just accept things, like, towards the end. Yeah, I see that, for sure. Because I feel like it definitely just kind of jumped around some stuff that was, like, very, like, oh, we're here now? How did we get here? <laughs> Like, I know how we got here, but I'm still confused. Yeah, like, it's odd when you think about, like, the first part of a movie and you're like, oh, yeah, that was the same movie. Um, Should we should we start from, like, the beginning then? Uh, let me go over some information about the yeah. movie. Because we should do go that in the beginning it. and not, like, midway or towards the end. Uh-huh. I couldn't agree more. So the movie obviously was made in 2021. It was just released. It was directed by Michael Chavez. He's relatively new. He was also the director for the La Llorona movie, which came out in, I believe, I, I actually don't know. That's, I think, one of the more recent movies. Um, was that one kind of a more secret entry into, like, the Conjuring universe? Like, it was kind of marketed separately and then it's a whole split it wound up off. being connected? It's a whole, like... Sp- spinoff almost it doesn't i don't believe it has much connection technically the warrens weren't really included in the discussion at all um but it is made by the same producers writers directors so like technically it is a part of the universe without actually being a part of it because she's Mm -hmm. her own kind of lore so i don't really know how they would mash it up i didn't watch that movie once and i really hated it so to be fair i might be missing out on some details of it but as far as what I remember from watching it, it didn't really have much of a connection like the other ones do. It came out in 2019. Okay. So yeah, it's relatively one of the newer, newest ones to come out. I think it was the last one then, right? Because no, no one came out in 2020. It should have been this one that came yeah. out in 2020. Yeah, so I think that is the most recent one. Um, in this movie, it's I'm going to list the people and like their characters. So that way we kind of stay on track. So it stars... Reprising their roles, Vera Farmiga as Lorraine Warren, Patrick Wilson as Ed Warren, and Sterling Jurins, sorry if I mispronounced her last name, as Judy Warren. She does have a very small role, but she does play the daughter in all the other two movies, so um, they're back once again. Um, They're back. Yeah, they're back. And new up-and-coming stars that we see in this movie is Julian Hillard, or Hilliard, um, who plays David Glatzel, and I'm going to mispronounce his first name because I don't know how the fuck he says it, Ruari <laughs> O'Connor. I think it's Irish. I don't fucking know. I can't pronounce Probably. these white people names. The last name sounds Irish. Yeah. Who plays um, Arnie. Who plays Arnie? I didn't take his last name. Johnson. Arnie Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Arnie Johnson. 
Um, and Julian Hilliard has played um, other roles in movies. He's like a child actor as of right now. He was in WandaVision. He was in Hill House. So he kind of has Hell his foot yeah, Hill in. House. Yeah, he has his foot in a couple horror-ish TV shows and movies and whatnot. So um, he's really great. He's a cute kid. And yeah, that's that's as far as the characters that are important. And we'll be referencing them throughout the rest of this podcast. So this movie also is rated R. Not really quite Which sure why, but didn't have to be yeah. at all. It really didn't, but um Maybe it, it was is. just all the twisting. All the what? Twisting. Um body parts. I guess, but I think that's one of the few things you can get away with in like PG thirteen mm. movies. I just feel like it's so generic of like an insidious movie to like, you know, snap your back in weird ways and shit. Yeah. yeah. And it was produced by James Wan. I do want to also preface yeah. that it was produced. So he did still have a hand in um, this movie, which, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, was the first one not directed by James Wan and now he's a producer? I thought it was. I thought he directed this one, honestly, but... Yeah, no, the first one was directed uh, by James Wan. This one was a different director, but James Wan produced. I don't know if that also attributes to the difference in, like, tone, but he did have a part in writing it, so... Mm. I don't think there was anything particularly wrong with how this movie was directed. I think there's a lot of, like, like, different... I mean, we'll get to, like, the shots and transitions and whatnot later, because I think that's kind of what stands out to me that I didn't see in the first one. And the overall tone of the movie. I think the tone is very different, which, I mean, I'll I'll get into later as well. But it definitely does stand out. was directed by James Wan. I believe so, yes. Sorry, I'll say that one more time just for the sake of clarity for molly uh, the second one was directed by james wan mm. <laughs> yes <laughs> i love to say <laughs> <laughs> the second one also like i think the first two have have a very different tone than the third one i think it's definitely an outlier and whether that's good or not i mean again is based on opinion but in mine i i think that's kind of why i favor the first two over the third one just overall in in the setting and the tone that it kind of takes on for sure. It's certainly very different. Yeah. I, I can't vouch for the second one, but from what I watched from the first one to the third one, um, I also didn't get the, the feeling I was missing anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like, oh, maybe I'd understand more things. It felt pretty, like, concealed. Yeah, they did have, like, one little reference in, like, the ending and the background to, like, the second movie, but it wasn't a big deal. Like I said, there were separate cases, um... There, the connection is mostly again those little small details like the parent family was mentioned. There's a picture yeah. of the nun Valak, um, the background, like small things like that. It's mostly just for the sake of, I guess, like a timeline or seeing, I guess, what's happened to the characters because the Conjuring is probably the only one that consistently has Ed and Lorraine. So just kind of, I guess, seeing where they've been and what they've been doing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But in terms of like, do we have to see the second one in order to watch the third one? No. Not necessarily. Yeah, yeah it felt like the, the Easter eggs, like, to the first one was appropriate mm-hmm. and not needed for understanding. Yeah. Did you have more on the on the movie before we move on? No, I think that's the basis, and then we can kind of go through the rest of it. <laughs> well, we can. Um, should I just uh, uh, start us then? Yeah. yeah. Go for it. This movie kind of starts, like, right away like it's pretty instant yeah. in how it starts it doesn't waste any time it starts like basically at what should be the climax of like your typical conjuring movie i guess 
uh, they're already delivering an exorcism like right away in the beginning on I, I I'm sorry what was the kid's name I know you said it earlier David <laughs> the one David kid. yes David so David's um obviously possessed in some way and it's interesting when you keep doing sequels to movies like this because you have to keep upping the stakes you gotta keep beating what you previously the most did. sinister so, this is the yeah. most sinister case yes it says in the beginning it's the most sinister case which is every movie in this series right yeah um but the exorcism was like the big risky procedure that they didn't want to do in the first movie. And the fact that Ed picked up the book and started actually doing the exorcism at the end of the first movie was like a big moment. It, it showed desperation. It was like, this was a, a last ditch effort. We don't want to do this. It doesn't end well. And we certainly don't want an amateur to do it. We want a professional that's been trained at the Vatican for years to do this. And it's the first fucking thing they do in this movie. Like, within two minutes, they're already delivering an exorcism. And uh, they have the kid writhing and twisting his body in all sorts of weird ways. Um, And then... He's a gross spider boy. Yeah, he's a gross spider boy. And he's drooling everywhere, and he's he's out of control. it's, It's pretty nasty. And then they stop for a moment to show the relationship between the David's older sister's boyfriend who is arnie does that make sense is that is that acceptable yeah yeah uh and arnie's like rooting him on being like oh you're a brave kid for going through all of this and then he takes a turn for the worse and the position the possession gets really bad and arnie picks him up and is like take me instead take me instead take me instead and the demon transfers to arnie um and all seems good for a bit the first, I'm sure I'm skipping a lot. <laughs> the one thing you skipped that I think is important is that um, the little boy jumps on Ed and tries to stop his heart and gives him a heart attack. But that was kind of odd to me because they haven't really shown that they could have like these supernatural powers before. And I guess that kind of does fit later that this isn't a typical demon possession. It just seemed odd that in, I mean, during 100%. this exorcism... They were able to be like, by the way, I'm going to give you a heart attack. I'm going to use my magic to stop your heart. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I, I'm, I, I might be being too harsh, but I, I really didn't like this movie. So I, I don't have a ton of good to say. It just seemed like it was kind of a lot. But I understand that when you're returning to this well, to this group of people for the third time, you need to show that there's a threat. You need to show that, oh, this is bigger than what they've ever faced. Their most sinister one yet. Because otherwise, how are you going to stay interested? I also think this movie also leans into Lorraine's superpowers like super hard and makes super it so I'm hard. never I'm never concerned for her for a second because <laughs> she seems more powerful than ever. But in the beginning, they want to show you that they're weak, despite the fact that they solve everything in this movie via magic. But I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, overall, I think that the beginning was actually pretty effective. I thought some of the effects, despite, you know, being a little stinky with some CG, um, were pretty good and pretty scary. I think the kid that plays David was pretty effective as being possessed. Um, I, I started this movie with high hopes at this point, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys, I think do you guys it... want to go through your thought process in these? I think this was the scariest part of the movie was the beginning, um, which, you know... Like we mentioned, I'm a scaredy cat, so like I jump at anything. Like you could be sitting next to me, and you could say "boo," and I'd probably jump. Like I have such a bad reaction. So the fact that I didn't get scared, 
throughout the rest of this like two hour film is a little shocking to me. Um, but the beginning I thought was like, there was this whole point where the little boy gets like, um, I forgot his name already. David. <laughs> David gets like rained down in blood and that was kind of creepy. And then you think something's in the corner and I was like, it, it like I was invested in it. Um, and then he like stabs somebody and I was like, all right, this is wild. What the fuck's happening? And I think that it did good at pulling us in for sure. I just think the rest of it drops down. There was, um, I'm not sure if you noticed as well, Kim, we, we kind of talked about it, but I think there's a lot of like horror movie references in this early portion. Yeah. I was going to um, mention that. Yeah, there is. Oh, I mean, I only get exorcist references really. I, I, that's the only movie that I kind of see reflected in the opening more so than any other. Um, but which other ones did you think of? Well, uh, when the priest shows up, there's it certainly had an exorcist vibe yeah. when he got out of the car and it shows all that. So I got that one for sure. I kind of felt like the kid hiding in the shower and then hearing a knife be pulled from the shower mm, kind of like gave me like uh, interesting psycho vibes. Like uh, It might be completely. I'm just reading into it. But uh, it kind of gave me psycho vibes. And then the way that David runs with the knife when he stabs his father in the leg. <laughs> Are you thinking me Chucky? Chucky? Just a little bit. <laughs> I also really Chucky. You know, he, he had very similar, like, he, he yeah. wasn't running like a normal kid would run. It almost seemed intentional that he kind of ran like Chucky. I could see that. Um, there's a couple other, uh, there's at least one other later in the movie that I want to bring up. But yeah, I, I kind of felt like this early portion had a lot of like intentional references to other horror movies, but I could just be looking into it too much. I mean, I, I thought the Chucky thing too, but it's also probably because like they're similar in size. Like he's a child running with the knife. I think <laughs> it reminds me of like the Omen, but it also reminds me of Chucky because they're very similar in like size. And it's kind of comical. In my opinion, seeing a child <laughs> run to stab someone, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, but Should I take a knife and run at you and we'll compare the footage because I'm around the same size too? <laughs> Short Talking. king, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> but like you were right. the For me, the opening, that shot of like the priest getting out of the car, looking at the house, the backdrop was very exorcist. I also think just in overall concept, like, the priest getting hurt kind of reminded me of how, like, the priest was killed in The Exorcist. You know, the the transfer of possession that happens in The Exorcist also happens in the opening. I mean, it, it's it's very, like, it was a bit too on the nose for me where I was like, I've seen this before. It's not really different. The blood in the shower scene kind of gives me either it vibes from the new one not oh, yeah. even carry, but again, like these things were good. It's just things that I've already seen before. So none I, of it was original. Yeah, so I can give it a bit of like, ooh, that's kind of like, I like it because it reminds me of something, not because yeah. it mm-hmm. really does anything to like freak me out or gross me out or have some kind of effect. It's more like, ooh, that's Exorcist. Ooh, that's it. Ooh, that's that. But n- nothing is necessarily like new. I will say though. The body contortion was incredible. Um, that yeah. is probably the one thing that I really like. And I, again, it's not original because that, that tends to be the formula when it comes to exorcist movies. The possessor or the one being possessed, I should say. The contortion is kind of expected. It's kind of already a part of that formula. So it's not new. But as someone who kind of likes body like modification in that sense, body horror... 
I kind of liked that part, but again, I can't give it too much credit because it wasn't new. It, I think it, I think I, it's I think... new in the series. I don't think they've really done a lot of like contortionism, um, but in general, I don't think it's groundbreaking. I th- I think you're right that that initial scene of the contortion stands out because they do more contortion later, like at the the whatever ward arnie's in later mm-hmm. yeah he's doing some kind of body shit and like i almost fell asleep it was so boring and generic but uh david twisting himself into a pretzel in the beginning i still remember like very specifically yeah and i think it's a it's a really good use of that like trope and i think there's no better example to show where that trope can be great and shitty than both events in this movie agreed because i mean as we know in horror like using children is one of the most effective ways to kind of, you know, creep on audiences or, or have that yeah. kind of sem- sympathy element without really writing it into the plot a whole lot. I mean, that's why we have movies like The Omen that deals with, like, children. Children are creepy. And seeing them in this state is what kind of unsettles people the most. And I think they had a really great child actor. I mean, he was phenomenal. He didn't have that many scenes. But I think, like, for his age, he did a really, really great job. I kind of was, I mean... No shade to Arnie, but I really, like, didn't care much about him. If this movie had done what the first one did, as boring as that sounds, and used, like, the child a bit more, I probably would have... I probably would have liked it a bit more. I, I just feel there was no character for Arnie other than he's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was pretty toast. besides that. Yeah. I, I also feel like this movie might use this intro to be like, all right, this is the conjuring you expect, but we're going to take it in a new direction that's mm-hmm. much less interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, but when you show like, all right, this is what we're leaving behind, you're supposed to be like, oh, okay, I guess we're moving to n- newer, bigger things. But it really, it just for me was like, oh, wait, can we go back though? Because I, I liked that earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great hook. Like it really was like, okay, we're going to be seeing some real creepy shit. And it never really came, and I think that's the most disappointing, because I expected mm-hmm. it to be at that level or around that kind of, you know, around that level Intensity. at least, but it yeah. really wasn't, and that's the bi- biggest letdown, I guess. So we can all kind of agree that the intro was effective, but probably the best portion? Yeah. Yes. And even then, I, I like, I, I did enjoy the intro, and I was excited for it at the time. It's not a work of art. Mm-hmm. It's not like... No. It's not like it's super crazy incredible. It's a pretty decent hook into a bigger story, but your hook shouldn't be the meatiest portion, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that even if it was the like actual climax, we would probably leave it being like, oh, great, we've seen this before. This wasn't that brilliant, you know? But I think because yeah. it's the hook, it leaves it a little bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. If they're doing all this now, what are we going to get later? Exactly. And what we but got it... later was a lot of weird magic. <laughs> Oh, this movie's so magic-based in its plot. Anyway, <laughs> it drives me nuts. Uh, should we move on to Arnie, his girlfriend, and the kennel now? Yeah. Mm. Would you like to take that, AJ? Oh, fuck. Or do we have tangents that you want to comment on going on at this point? Yes. So right after the... um. So, yeah, I go... my notes say... Okay, I'm going to read them because they're funny. Blood shower. Gross spider boy. It's in him. Pre-break number one. Trisha Paytas mm-hmm. monologue. We did talk was, about Trisha Paytas for quite a while. It was kind of a monologue because the two of you just went on and on about her and I just kind of sat here. <laughs> we stand. <laughs> mm. Yes, there will be Don't, no hate I'm not ready podcast. to say that. I'm not ready to say that. 
this is a pro frenemies podcast but um Um, but not necessarily a pro trisha paytas podcast i disagree Uh, we could leave this one here. I think I don't think we gotta go deep into the inner workings. Yeah, no, no, no. We don't even have to <laughs> do that ever. Did we have other tangents here? Um, we had some great ones later. No, they go there later. But the, my notes continue to read. It's a rat. Kind of weak jump scares. Love story time. Kim slut shames Lorraine. Yes. When did Kim slept same Because I made the comment that I said, oh, you just met him. And she was, like, already making out with him, like, under the gazebo. Which, I mean, I still think that's kind of weird. And (laughs) and that's essentially, like, 50s level slut shaming. Because making out with somebody on the first date in the 50s was, like, sleeping with somebody on the first date. Well, that was, like, the basis of, like, do you remember that when we met? And I just thought it was just too much. I thought it was too fast. And I thought it was cheesy. So I didn't like it. Oh, they literally do a sepia tone flashback of younger versions of them yes. fucking running into each other's arms and kissing under a gazebo. That's the one I was talking about. That's what I was like. You yeah. just met him. You cannot tell me that this is like, this is not the notebook. Okay. You cannot tell me that, you know, you guys are like meant to <laughs> it's be. It's the rom-com. <laughs> it's also completely, like, the only reason that is set up is so at the end during the possession, they can go, oh, you know me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's not me? slut shaming. It's just... The fact that it just it didn't make sense and it wasn't it was necessary. Shit, yeah, yeah. If, if your possession movie has the words "you know me, come back to me" in it, you failed. Yeah, like it's yeah. done. Lame. <laughs> it's a lame subplot that I just don't care for. Yeah. Uh, didn't you love this movie? It was like. <laughs> so what happens next is there he falls asleep. Arnie's like asleep and then you see him waking up in bed at home and they're at this dog kennel and they're leaving and they go to the parents' house to have a picnic or a barbecue and then the raisin bran falls on the floor and you're like, it's a ghost and then you see like a rat run through it. Yes. And so fru- it's like I think it was fruity pebbles though. It was pretty colorful. <laughs> it was raisin bran. Was it tricks? <laughs> I no idea. Was it mini weeds? <laughs> it was colorful. It was, it was raisin bran. Raisin bran is purple. What? <laughs> raisin bran is just boring frosted flakes with some raisins in it. No, but the box is like purplish. No, but the cereal that fell out was the- anyway. Let's <laughs> it doesn't really matter what the cereal is. It probably wasn't off for- brand cereal <laughs> for kids. Me and my sister, when we were little, we used to say that that would be like a really good murder slogan. Would be like a really creepy guy being like, "Tricks are for kids," and then like murdering you. <laughs> <laughs> this is straight up a genuine thing that me and my sister talked about on multiple occasions as children <laughs> the tricks, it's a scary quote tricks are for kids no we just think it would be good as a scary quote like if it, somebody took it and used it and they were like a murderer and they said it before they murdered people silly rabbit coming this October <laughs> um, produced by Annabelle Annabelle Dukes <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> yeah, there's like a fake out with the cereal with a rat in the cereal mm-hmm. box, adding to one of the many weak jump scares. Jump scares, movie. yeah. 
And then you, he runs, he like walks and follows the rat and the rat climbs into a hole in the middle of the wall. And then the creepy lady, the Satanist, whatever her name is, I think she's a witch. I kind of want to call her a witch, but what they call her the Satanist, um, appears behind him and like scares the shit out of him basically, but doesn't scare anyone else. Cause it wasn't scary. It just scared him. And at this point, we're led to believe that it's, like, the possession that's still in him. That he's still seeing this woman uh, because he's possessed. I think that this movie would be better if it was a mystery about him getting possessed. Like, if you didn't know. Like, if we didn't see him directly getting possessed. Well, I guess they later retroactively say that that's not what possessed him. But that matters very little as far as plot goes. Yeah, it may, it that? kind of does do that, like, already. Like, they assume it's just the possession of a demon, but it's not. It's something more, and we find that out later. That's, like, the whole... But it might as well be. Yeah, but it might as well be. What do you mean, might as well be? Like, the same effect really comes from it, other than the fact that whenever they try to read the Bible to it, it doesn't give a shit. Well, I guess there's not specifically, like, people who are possessed don't necessarily murder. Mm-hmm. And then try to kill themselves. <laughs> Based on L- my let's, lore. Let's... <laughs> I mean, what <laughs> lore? My Holy lore? Shit. Kim will check you. Based on what lore? Yeah, um, because, I mean, the essence I'm is I'm new that, to this shit. The essence is that, like, in this movie, anyway, that the series, these demons have some sort of agenda that they want. Oh, you're they right. That want to, like, murder. Whether just yeah. a soul... Or they want something of some sort. It's figuring out what it is and how to get rid of it and how to essentially send it back to hell. And this one, I mean, it, it builds a mystery because Ed at this point and Lorraine are both kind of on the sidelines because he had his heart attack. And Arnie's kind of left to his own devices right now. And it's kind of figuring out like, okay, is this demon just here to chill? And we find out later that it's more. It's not just a demon. There is an agenda that the demon has and that someone else has. And it's kind of uncovering that kind of puzzle and putting it together. Yeah. yeah so it's, it's a bit. No, I guess, I guess it is important. It just, I, I think, I think so much of it falls flat that it's hard to tell what's important, you know, yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't, it doesn't pay off much anyway, but I, I, you're right. It is important. It's just lame, that, that but it, it is. Yeah. Important. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a reason. For it. Um, I don't remember what happens after. I guess we should we should mention the heart attack that Ed did have. And yeah. It, it puts him in a wheelchair for a couple of scenes and then a cane for the rest of the movie. Well, he wakes up. So, okay. And, I guess we have to yeah. finish off the scene with Arnie before we move up to that. Um, He works, I believe, with something to do with trees. He's helping out someone like, I think they call it like a tree surgeon, where he's like cutting off the dead parts of trees. Um, And essentially he's having hallucinations. He's seeing things and... um. He's not really sure whether they're real or not. His girlfriend, Debbie, or Deborah, but they call her Debbie in the movie, arrives with Bono, I believe is the name that they use in this movie, um, who is his landlord, I believe, and also works with like the dog kennel. So that's kind of what the connection with that is. Comes over and he wants to like drink and like relax and hang out. The three of them are doing he's that. He's alcoholic. Yeah, he's he's a bit... I mean, I'll get to that later, but he's a bit sus. They really make him out to be this, like, intensely drunk, chaotic individual who's just too much. 
And in the midst of this, obviously, Arnie's still having, he's sweating, he's, alcohol's not really sitting well with him, and he's still having his hallucinations. Um, they're drinking, and he starts to kind of see things that aren't there, meaning Bono is like, oh, Bono, not Bono, <laughs> Bono is like dancing. Well, I was gonna say, I was like, I don't know Bono. <laughs> I didn't really pronounce his name too much, I was reading in the subtitles, Bono, I guess. Um, was dancing with his girlfriend and he kind of got like a weird vibe from it. At one point, he thought that, was it Debbie or someone was attacking his girlfriend? Like, he saw a demon in the place of Bono and yeah. was trying to like fight him off to save her. We go over to Ed, where Ed wakes up in the hospital finally and Lorraine's by his side and so is his daughter. And that's when he tells her that the demon went into Arnie. I guess he's the only one who really noticed that happen because there was so much chaos during the opening scene that no one really, like, yeah. paid attention to that. But he was the one to see and hear Arnie say that and watch the transference happen from David into Arnie. So Lorraine, now hearing this, goes, calls the sheriff's department in the town that um, Arnie lives in and basically is like, I'm not going to believe this, but... You have to go. Something bad's gonna happen. Meanwhile, she has a line that's that's kind of haunting, where she's like, "You're not gonna believe me, but there's a tragedy that's gonna happen at like yeah. blank yeah, table. and it's it's kind of kind of a creepy line, you know? yeah." And we go over back to Arnie, and it's a it's a pretty cool perspective what he sees versus what's actually reality. It's a bit you know, it spins your mind a bit too. Um, Absolutely. He sees a demon, the demon, crawling towards him. And him panicking, hearing his girlfriend screaming in a state of just like, what the fuck is going on, gets a pocket knife and stabs the demon, um, wanting to save himself and save his girlfriend. But in reality, it was actually Bono that he's stabbing. And we don't see a lot of that gruesomeness happen, but we see the after effect, which is Arnie just kind of walking down the road and the cop car pulling up beside him and he's like covered in blood, kind of out of it. We do get a shot of his face when he's walking in like uh, this really cool back shot of like the cop coming forward, the cop car um, going towards him and his face is in that kind of possessed face that we saw David in in the beginning. So we know as the audience that he's not in a rational state of thinking um and he's covered in blood with the knife in his hand so he's detained and we want to continue on from there do you want to talk about some of that aj i feel like it was like it was interesting to see what happened but at the same time again a little disappointing i mean you like, I feel like this is still kind of a higher level of, like, the rest of the movie. Like, you're kind of interested in it more than I think a lot of elements you're interested in. But at the same time, it's still, like, a little disappointing by the end of it. And you're like, okay, so, like, because I was like, what's going to happen here? And, like, the most obvious is, like, that Arnie kills him. And then it's like, oh, yeah, Arnie killed him. Like, that's what happened. <laughs> you know, there's no surprising, like, oh, th like, Arnie killed himself or Arnie killed a dog. I don't know. I don't want that to happen, but you know, there was nothing like interesting that happened there. Yeah. I feel like it's the last good burst of the movie. Like the yeah. movie has its last creative breaths here. 
Um, I, I really like the idea of possession not being you lose control of your body and go crazy and attack people, mm-hmm. but having possession be like in your mind, this is self defense. You're you're you and your mm. girlfriend are being attacked by a demon, and you kill him in self defense, but in reality, you just stab somebody twenty two times in cold blood. Yeah, and uh, I feel like that's the last moment, particularly that the movie's like particularly interesting. But I, I did like that portion, and at that at this point, I really was still thinking like, oh shit, th- this might have some quality in it, you know? Yeah, for sure. You want to continue from there? I feel like the next scene is when is the next scene when we see the lawyer and they're trying to convince um them to like for the lawyer to defend him for possession. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's of- yeah. Kind of given the movie oh, its title. You know what it was before that? Um, the, he they had a test where they tried to test if he was still possessed or not. Oh, and this is a huge portion of the movie right here, where they show that holy water, prayers, crosses, and exorcisms do not affect this demon at all. Yeah, he sits and reads from the Bible, and the Warrens are like, "Wow, if you're able to do that, then I guess." You're not currently possessed, which is a big problem when they're trying to prove that this guy was possessed when he stabbed his landlord 22 times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so then they end up deciding that he was possessed, but he's no longer possessed, is mm-hmm. like their argument. And so then they go to the lawyer and they try to argue that, and they're like, come over for dinner. And we're all like, what, are you going to make the whole jury go home for dinner? Like, that's not going to work. Um can, can we explain that just a little, yeah. just a little bit more? Yeah. <laughs> um, she was she was saying, I won't take on a case to defend um, Arnie when the literal defense is the devil made him do it, essentially. That he was possessed and he didn't have control of his actions and you expect me to defend that in court. And then they say, all right, well, we'll prove to you that this happened. Come over to our house and have dinner and you'll defend Arnie after seeing what we have to show you. Now, you think that scene might be fascinating and it might be really interesting to see how they show this judge to defend. But no, they just cut to her defending like mm-hmm. right away. Yeah, they enter the plea of not guilty on the basis of demonic possession, which as a lawyer, I don't understand why you would do that. But I guess it's something that happened in all reality. Yeah, it's the first time yeah. in U.S. history that that plea was used. As they pointed out in the movie that there, like, I think other two cases in, like, Europe were maybe they England. used that. But it didn't, obviously didn't pass. They didn't get them anywhere. Um, it wasn't successful. But it was the first time in U.S. history that they tried to use that as a defense. Which is interesting enough. But, you know, it was because they used magic. But... <laughs> yeah but that's what they run with it so <laughs> and um where we go from there um i think the next scene they're like okay we have to prove it so they go back to the house mm-hmm. that the family live in and you get the moving in scene oh my god don't even give me started with the moving <laughs> in scene. i want to hear where it. i lost it this yeah. is where i lost it and i really turned on this movie I just can't believe that we were about to get through a fucking horror movie made after 2005 that didn't have a scene where somebody was moving into a house. They already cut and showed them living in, like, the the area with um, Bono. It's Bono now. It's, I'm sorry. It's Bono forever. With Bono, Bono's landlord, Blair and U2 at the dog kennel. Um and we they've already cut to that. They, they, they say in the first scene, oh, we should move and go 
to this place, and then they cut later to them already being there. There doesn't need to be a scene in one of these goddamn horror movies with moving boxes, but they do it. They, they couldn't help themselves. They had to show them moving into this goddamn home, and it, they do a waterbed scene where David's helping his sister and, I guess, brother-in-law, not yet, but soon or whatever um move and he crawls onto a waterbed and there's like a dead body in the waterbed that he doesn't see and then it hand bursts out in a jump scare that's not effective whatsoever it it's was just... the only time i jumped this whole movie i'm surprised because i thought there was stuff that was more scary than that yeah i don't know i, I mean again <laughs> i jumped in the similar thing in harry potter where that hand jumps out in the middle of the cave like that's basically the same scene and i jumped and when i saw that in theaters and i actually screamed it was very embarrassing anyways um this is like the same like for some reason that made me jump but i also wasn't scared like it wasn't like it was like a valid scare no. it just made me jump and it's the only time i jumped i don't think it was Did a horrible scene that was... i don't i don't think it was bad i think it was a pretty good scene i just think it kind of gets lost with everything else that happens that it feels kind of out of place yeah, yeah, absolutely. Again, the child did a very good job in his role. I think he's an incredible actor. The waterbed, I mean, again, it wasn't surprising. I also feel like they used that scene in the trailer, so it's not as if there was much surprise even. I feel like they used some of their best parts in the trailer, so there's not really, like, that wasn't a surprise. I knew it was going to happen, so there wasn't even much of a scare or even an attempt at a jump scare because I knew what it was. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't. it wasn't great. Um, it's not the most hated part of the movie for me, but it also wasn't the best. Also, I would like to make a correction. In the movie, they changed the... So, Bona was the name of the actual individual. In the movie, they changed it to Bruno. I I thought it was Bruno, but I I couldn't remember 100%. Yeah, because I had my notes Bono, but I put an asterisk by it, and I was trying to think of why I did that, and I remember. They changed the name of the movie to Bruno. So. Well, it's, it's all Bono at the end of the day. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, totally different from all Everything's <laughs> Bono. But yes, just for that correction. Um, This is the point where they pull up the carpet and Aaron says it's the same yucky the wall had, which I thought was really funny. Oh, yes, because it's like this gross, wet texture, like mm-hmm. water damage. But it was the same yucky that was, yeah, that was on the wall earlier. And then we got into the many week conversation. Oh yes. <laughs> okay, then those are my two side tangents that I wrote notes on. So if we're not going to do either of them, then we're not doing them. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just don't think that. I, uh, I, is it safe to say that I think that one of the mini wheats is yes. this case? <laughs> That's fully safe. And Kim thinks he has twink energy, but I don't agree. He definitely does. I was looking at it, and I really don't think so. I I'm a little conflicted about him. He could be gay, but he seems... I don't think he's got twink energy. It depends on which photo. Because there's one photo where he has, like, really big eyes and, like, a really big smile and, like, Converse on. And, like, that one, I feel like, okay, like, I can see it as a twink energy. But the other ones, he just seems like a regular old guy. He's a <laughs> like mini He's not mini-wee. even human. <laughs> he's not even humanoid. <laughs> He's literally a mini-wee. Yeah. <laughs> it's my mini-wee. fault that I'm the one saying he's a regular guy when we're just discussing the sexuality <laughs> of a mini-wee. Okay, but also, he's just a regular guy. Are you saying gay he's people are not also just regular guys? It's no, Pride Month. I said he could be gay. I said he could it's be gay. Pride but Month. he just, I don't think he looks like a twink. 
No, he's I just think a, he regular looks like a regular guy. old guy. You were caught yeah, on. Like, <laughs> he looks like any other mini wheat. <laughs> he's not gay. He's a regular guy. No, wow. I said he's not a twink. Listen, that's not what I said. I said he's back. not a twink. He's just a regular old guy. I said he could be gay, but I think he looks like a regular old guy. That was my direct quote. During Pride Month, wow. <sighs> yes, that was the really weird tangent that we took. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the movie, even though we're midway explaining the movie. <laughs> I also put in my notes that we are more entertaining than this movie because I honestly think we were. <laughs> That's not a high bar. Yeah. Okay, but we're also very funny. I'm just going to mm. say. All right. Be rude to yourself <laughs> and me. Thanks. <laughs> You're talking about the fucking mini wheat mascots. <laughs> yeah. No, we're so funny when we talk about the game. I like how I'm making this joke. It was my joke about the movie. <laughs> like, that was, no one prompted me. But we, I mean, it, it is an ongoing theme. Like, Remy, gay icon, we've all agreed. Okay. Oh, yeah, we talked Remy about the that rat too. From Ratatouille is a gay icon. Which, yes. Fact. It's just true. The ladybug yeah. from Bugs Life, gay icon. We've agreed on yes. that. Yes. Mm hmm. This is what we spend our free time doing. Yeah. I'm so I wouldn't say we're we're funny. <laughs> so we have things to say. I wouldn't say we're funny, but we're correct. <laughs> exactly. I think we're right, but we're right. Remy the rat gay icon. Yes. Never fails. It's a good thing Molly missed this movie because there were rats and dogs in it and like none of them were harmed, but I just feel like it would have tugged on her heart too much. Yeah, she would have stressed about it. Anyways. All right, should we? Yeah, <laughs> speaking of rats uh... and where we left off, continue. So there was the yucky stuff on the floor. Uh, yes, the yucky. Um. Then they climbed. That's when we saw the rats. Then they climbed under the house, and there are all these rats. And um, they found the little totem thing. Mm, yes. Which is important. <laughs> This is when we, we leave the demonic area and start to enter, like, a more witchcraft voodoo area. Yes. They call it, like, a satanic ritual, but, like, I mean, that that's witchcraft, right? Like, and so, like how else do you explain it? It's not a super... I mean, it's supernatural, but it's I nothing mean... to do with demons or death. It's, it's like, giving a... Getting a... I guess they summon... I guess they do summon a demon, but the demon, because it doesn't live... Or what do they say? Like, because it's... It's not picking when it, like, it's, it's not here on its free will or something. Yes, it was summoned. It yeah. was forced out. Yes. And because of that, that's why it's um, immune to, like, exorcism and crosses and holy water and shit. It doesn't stop them from every other minute in this movie using you crosses and holy water and prayer, even though we know it's going to be ineffective. Mm -hmm. But they do set that rule fairly early on. Um... Do we see the witch then, or no? We've seen her. We've seen her. Our Arnie has seen her. And we've seen no, the yeah. demon a couple times, and we don't necessarily know. Because, essentially, the demon looks like the woman that we've seen, or that Arnie has seen. Just, her face is different. Um, And she's, obviously, she's crawling. She looks more demonic than the humanoid version that Arnie saw in the house earlier uh, with the cereal. So we know yeah. that they're in some way connected, and at this point, it's easy to assume that this is the demon. It's just the woman who can take, who can look different depending on how she wants to appear. That's kind of as far as we've gotten until we see the totem, and now it kind of opens up a bit more dialogue as to what 
exactly this is because it's not normal when it comes to traditionally what possession is. And they, they use the phrase curse. That's the big the big word. Is it's yeah. a curse. It's different than a possession. That David specifically had been cursed. Yes. So then we find out that there were two other girls in a different town that's far away who one of them they had found the same object in her house and they'd both gone missing but one of them they found dead and the other one was missing um which leads to some extra levels of Lorraine's power where you see her like guess the weapon that they figure out which weapon it is and then they go to the forest where they're found and she's like you missed an exit we sh- we should uh bring up the the police. I guess they go to the police and start discussing this. And the police yeah. are like, "You're you're probably a nut, but we'll bring you three pieces of evidence. If you can guess the murder weapon, we'll trust you." Yeah, and so she guesses correctly. And for some reason, Ed flips the fuck out. He's like, "You're gonna ask her to find a weapon? What the fuck's wrong with you? What? She's not a circus animal." And then she's like, "Yeah, it's number three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The detectives want to use their knowledge of supernatural." events to kind of get a better understanding of what the totem is um and they kind of they they talk about it as like we're gonna mutually benefit each other we're gonna explain to you what the totem is and try to help you find it but we also want to look into more files to see what else we can find out about the case to essentially help arnie but they never really say that also previous to this um we missed it but it's important to flag it down the totem itself, when we say that, it it's basically like, it looks like kind of like a bone with a couple sticks yes. sticking out of it. It's very like what you would assume if you think of like a witchy item. It kind of has that kind yeah. of vibe to it, like a skull that like an animal with some sticks in it. Um, it would have been left out of the Blair Witch tent. Yeah, exactly. And in order for them to kind of get more information on it, this, this is when they meet a former priest by the name of Kastner, oh, yeah. um, who has a bit more knowledge on the occult um, and kind of is the one to explain to them what the totem is, um, that it's used for cursing, and essentially that it's you're looking more towards a satanic occultist kind of vibe as opposed to just a simple possession. Um, and he mentions in this conversation, which I'll bring up later, that he's dealt with the Disciples of the Ram cult which is a callback to one of the other Annabelle movies that I'll talk about later. Mm, Um, But he kind of gives a bit of information about it, and he's the one that kind of brings that connection forward. So therefore, when they find the totem in Katie's friend Jessica's house, now they kind of know something sketchy is going on, and they're able to kind of connect the dots a bit more. That's why they want to get involved in that particular case. Yeah. (laughs) You guys can continue. Uh, Um... I'm just trying to think of, is next kind of like the visions in the woods with the yes. Yeah, and stuff? yes. That's where I was going to. Now they go and they, they try to figure out this uh, these other two, like, unexplained, I guess one murder and a disappearance, right? And they go into the woods where they were last found with the, with the cops, and Lorraine really gets to use her super powerful magic here, where she can, <laughs> it's not like, oh, I'm feeling a presence here that's upset, and I feel betrayal no she just straight up sees the exact events that happened earlier like to a t and reenacts them and yeah. then is able to and then is able to be like oh um i know what able to tell the cops exactly what happened so essentially two girls like met in the woods i guess They're like the, one of the girls is a cult member right is that fair to say no 
Yeah, I don't I, think so. I because mm. shouldn't she, she kill herself to complete the ritual? Because the ritual requires she didn't do it on purpose. Suicide. I think she was possessed the same way that everyone else was. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I I, I interpret I I interpreted that wrong then. Yeah. But, um, I think she was just possessed. One of you two go for it then, because I I missed that. <laughs> yeah. Well, so go ahead, Kim. So the whole connection, why you probably would think that is because it, they kind of lead you to think that for a while. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so they definitely do steer us in that direction to say that maybe the occultists are working within the university that she used to attend. Um, yeah. So let me, let's me let just go through it, and I'll get to that after because they figure that later. Um, yeah. So we did the, you did the cliff scene, right, where we find out what happened to Jessica and Katie? You covered that for or not? Not really. No, no. You no. no, go ahead. Okay. Um, so again, like like he was saying, Lorraine initiates a sort of vision. Because as we saw in the first movie, she's kind of able to touch things and kind of get images and kind of see things. But here it is a bit more heightened to an extent. Um, and she follows the same path that Katie and Jessica followed that night. And like he mentioned, they she starts kind of mimicking the stabbing that happened as well as following the same path that Katie took afterwards uh, when she was running away from the body and how she basically threw... Wait, wait, did, did you explain what happened between the two of them, though? She stabbed Jessica. Yeah, they, they, well, they, it's kind of like they're meeting in the woods to be friends and then she stabs the hell out of her. Yeah, it's it's kind of, yeah. Or they're in love, but mm. it's fine. <laughs> yeah, they're just meeting in the woods as friends. I don't know. <laughs> Um, yeah, and Katie does stab Jessica, and we see then that she runs away. Lorraine's following that same path, kind of mimicking and chasing after her. And um, we see that Katie then jumps off of the cliff. And Lorraine kind of stops at that end, and then she's kind of pulled down by some kind of entity. And Ed is able to sort of lift her up and save her from falling to her death. Um, but in that, the detectives were able to find the body from where she fell, and they were able to finally recover her body and then identify her later. Um, the Warrens then go to a funeral home because they want to further see what else, you know, they can find out by touching her body. So Lorraine does that. She goes to where Katie's body is, touches her hands, and she kind of wants to locate where this occult is sort of hiding. Um... And she kind of notices, she gets like peaks of things, right? That she's like underground, that it's, she hears like a train, which she talks about later. It's sort of dark. She sees candles and altar fragments of things. And during this time, um, there's like this really big, like, it's a corpse. I'm not quite sure whose body it is, but it's a corpse that some reason becomes reanimated and comes after them. And Ed is able to break the connection between Lorraine's hand and Katie's body and therefore rendering the corpse once again in dead. <laughs> the corpse is dead again and no longer moving. So it's... This is based on a true story, by the way. <laughs> According to this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the Warrens go back to their house to kind of investigate. And this is kind of when Drew gives a book of witchcraft that he found to Ed and kind of that's when they start piecing together that in order for the curse to be lifted, the altar is the key to being destroyed. To ending it is by destroying the altar itself. 
that the occultists used to place the curse. Um, they realized that Katie went to Fairford University. They kind of did some background information on her, and they kind of assumed that maybe the occultist is operating either at that school or around that area. So they kind of start delving into that and kind of looking at maps, looking through books, trying, trying to piece together where this person or these individuals could be. And then Lorraine goes to Kastner. But I don't know if we want to discuss any of that because it is a lot that I went through. Yeah, it, well, it's it's a lot, but it's kind. A lot of it's kind of like nonsensical. There's yeah, she's able to follow the entire path of this girl murdering uh, another and then jumping off of a cliff, and then she's pulled down almost off the side of a cliff by some sort of entity, and then all of a sudden we're at a morgue and she's touching the body part, the the, the hand at the morgue in order to put her mind in the mind of the witch that's controlling, that controlled her at one point from a different yeah. like from 180 miles away they said or whatever so suddenly there's like this mental war as if we're watching a completely different kind of movie with these two powerful like psychics instead of you know a horror movie about demon possession yeah yeah it, it's in and, and, and when you're explaining it you're explaining it well but it sounds so nonsensical yeah because it is I mean, you're explaining it very well, but it sounds like if you haven't seen this movie, good luck. It's it's it makes no sense. Yeah, it is very um Wanda, WandaVision without the coolness. <laughs> like it is very like <laughs> it's it's a psychic connection, but the connection goes both ways, and they're just kind of seeing each other and battling. It's it's really like really weird. Um, I'm not a personal fan of it at all. I don't really know they're, why they they're went in that direction. They're just shy. So, sorry, go ahead. No, I just don't know why they went in that direction is all that I said. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, they're so close to calling it The Shining. Like, they're seconds away from from giving them some kind of name like that, you know? Yeah, yeah it, it is a what, lot. What about you, AJ? I was thinking during this time that I had this realization that I just don't care about these characters the same amount as I did the first time. And I think that that's really interesting because I think they try to build them up. And even the Warrens, like, I had less emotional interest in them, even though, like, I can see the ways they tried to build these characters up. Like, they they tried to do it with, like, the love scene. They tried to do it with um, Arnie and, like, showing how good of a guy he was and, like, all this stuff. They did elements that you would think would build their characters, but they just failed at making it, like, connect enough that, like, during this film... You're watching it and you should be like, oh no, what's going to happen? Like, oh no, I don't want the Warrens to like get hurt or I don't want this to happen to them. And then you don't have any of that though because you don't care enough. And I think that that took away a lot from it when like the, the original Conjuring, I think part of what I cared about was just like, oh, what's going to happen to this family? And I just don't yeah. get that in this one. Yeah, you cared for that for that family you really yeah so that was kind of the realization i had during this point in the movie um was just that like i was lacking this depth and for me in general like especially with like books and stuff that i consume like characters is a big deal and so realizing that was like all right no wonder i don't care about this movie because like i'm not buying into the character that they're giving me there there's they do something kind of interesting where when lorraine is holding the the hand of the dead girl and is speaking to the witch telepathically, I guess the witch acknowledges her 
Yeah. It says, like, how are you doing this? And, like, who are you? And that's when it really got funky for me. Like, I thought it was an interesting concept. But then they later show that this woman is controlling Arnie via, like, drinking cups of blood and, like, lighting fires and shit. But somehow, somewhere in this near this college town, this witch is looking into a fire and talking to fucking uh, <laughs> the Warrens. Like, it's just, it's so abstract for, I, I don't want to say the series is ever grounded in reality, but I felt like it had some kind of rules that felt, like, yeah. tangible, you know? Yeah. Yeah, this movie doesn't follow any rules. Like, it sets up mm. rules and then it tries to break them. There is a cool scene around there, though, when they're trying to break the connection where, for whatever fucking reason, Ed decides to actually, like, hold a cross and start saying a prayer and stuff, and the corpse is that's chasing him is, like, reacting to it and actually falling. And I was sitting there going, they just said none of this shit would work. Why is this working? And then it turns out to be an illusion, and he's actually trying to kill his wife um, instead of defending himself, kind of calling back to... Uh, arnie's earlier possession where uh he thinks he's defending himself but is almost but it kills that's when they're uh, back at the house bono. yeah yeah but kills bono um but uh in this one it you know it doesn't go that far but it is kind of a cool callback yeah when they're back at the house when that happens um previous to that ed had almost like i guess i want to see a vision where he sees the woman and she's like as she's like you're so close ed and then she kind of disappears into darkness and then that's when that whole scene happens where he's trying to like fight the corpse but it's actually lorraine it's it's a really great scene because he almost does fucking kill her um yeah it's the it's i'd say it's the only good scene for the rest of that movie like that scene stands out yeah in my opinion and that whole thing happens and he like obviously regrets it and then he goes back go and they're kind of searching the house and then he looks at the flowers realizes that there's something off because they were fresh when he got there or or, um, drew says that they were fresh when it arrived this morning and now they're dead looking crushes them breaks the vase and notices that inside that vase is another totem so now we have a sort of connection that this curse is kind of now affecting at this point well then three people but one of them died so now two people which is arnie and ed and these were flowers sent to wish him well after his heart attack yeah so it's just showing that whoever's doing this is like watching enough that she was able to send. Oh, there's a, there's a point where after they have the connection in the morgue where Lorraine's like, oh, she knows who we are now. And that's yeah. what leaves them open to getting sent the flowers that also comp- contains the totem sent by. I know she's not a witch, but I keep calling her a witch. It's all the same shit. I thought witches were <laughs> supposed to be hot. <laughs> Is that, is that a fact? Yeah, based yeah. on what lore, once again. <laughs> based My on lore. what lore? AJ's lore. AJ's, AJ's got it in for the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> I like my girls in green. God. So should we go to the big reveal now? Yeah, let's let's finish this shit. All right. Yeah, we only got a little bit left. It's just the ending. No, that, that time-wise, I just mean I, I just want to get through it so we can talk about the movie as a whole yeah. and just yeah. rip it apart a little bit. There's more about that, I think, than the actual plot, to be honest. Yeah. Um. Do you want to go through it? Or do you want me to go through it? Or does anyone else want to take it? Finish this bitch off. I, think... I volunteer someone else. <laughs> I think Kim should do it. Yeah, I think so, too. No, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, 
so I'm just going to jump to the next scene where Lorraine is now um, talking to Kastner, the priest that we saw previous. Mm-hmm. The uh, one who has and he locks the door the behind occult. her. Yeah, she comes in to ask him more information and kind of talk about what happened with Ed. Um, he's really sketch, and we kind of notice that in the way that they kind of they shadow him in darkness, the lighting. He tends to have a very off-putting demeanor. So we kind of already know at this point that there's something that he that we're missing. They wouldn't introduce this character for no reason. So he is, you know, to asking, they're talking. And during this whole conversation, he reveals to Lorraine that he had a daughter. Um, when he was a priest and he was learning about the occult, he fell in love, had a daughter. Um, the mother died in childbirth, so he raised the daughter kind of in secret and alone so he was like a single dad but he continued his research and tried very hard to keep that part of himself separate from his child but unfortunately her name is isla um isla got a fascination for it and sort of became enamored by the occult and then became an occultist herself um and he kind of lived with that guilt and that regret and obviously Lorraine is like, why the fuck didn't you say this before, bitch? You've been here for how long? It's been an hour into this movie and you haven't said shit. And he was like, you, I was You mean this ashamed. movie could have been 30 minutes shorter? Literally. She yeah. was like, I was just embarrassed and I was ashamed. And she was like, well, bitch, guess what? People are hurt. Thank you, Kastner. And as sort of like compensation for that, he gives her access to the tunnels um, that she's been using because I guess he knows that she has act. I don't even know how the fuck he even. It doesn't make sense, but he gives her access to the tunnels that he somehow knows that she's there, and that's where she. He keeps literally her just says the line, "My daughter used to crawl through tunnels, and I can show you yeah. those tunnels." Like they don't yeah. explain the tunnels. There's no reason for the tunnels. It's just and if you knew yeah, what she used to crawl anything, through tunnels. Yeah, it's very like <laughs> random and weird, and there's really no. It, it's as weird as it sounds. It's very random. Um. But Lorraine, of course, is like, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she goes, goes by herself. And Kastner, meanwhile, is obviously repenting. And he says, I failed as a priest. Yes. I failed as a father. Also, yes. And he's kind of speaking to God at this point. And Isla comes behind him and slits his throat and, like, lays him down. Not gently, but in, in, gently not because of, you know, any sort of you know, remorse, but because she doesn't want Lorraine to hear his dead body fall on the fucking desk. So she does that, and now we know, oh my god, she's here. Wow. Thriller. And Ed arrives later, makes his way into the tunnels, um, meanwhile, trying to look for Lorraine, mistakes Isla as Lorraine, and she blows some fucking sand into his face pocket sand. yeah really strange and he becomes once again possessed and he uh-huh. has a sledgehammer which i guess he was going to use to make his way through the tunnels i really don't know how the fuck he got it um and in his he got possessed- it from like he got it from the side of the yard and then he used it to break open the grate to get into the mm. tunnels and he looks very Jack Torrance throughout this entire yeah. scene, right? It's very He's like, very much holding it in the same body exactly. language and everything. If it was an axe, I would have thought I was like in a low budget version of The Shining. And so he's chasing after Lorraine, just kind of smashing shit for no fucking reason. And forever yeah, too. It's so long. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's so such long. a slow so long. moment. And I know it's meant to kind of build the whole like, oh my god, it's suspense, it's scary. He's gonna get her. What if he does kill her? I mean, we don't <laughs> oh, fucking no. know if he's not. And 
almost like we know that these were real people that didn't die this way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she's basically trying to, like, ask him to remember her, to kind of get out of it, use that, you know, her, his mind to kind of break his free will, his love for her, to break through the possession. At the same time, um, we see Arnie is now going through some shit, too, because this Isla bitch, <laughs> uh, basically, I don't know what the fuck she had to her altar, but she basically reignited it, and Arnie is now fully going into the possession mode. And is trying to, like, contort himself. He's becoming a Wetzel's pretzel again. And he's basically trying to <laughs> kill himself, <laughs> for lack of a better, you know, way of putting it in a much more softer fashion. Um, and his girlfriend, Debbie, is there. And some other fucking priest is there for some reason. And they're trying to do an exorcism, which obviously isn't working. As we know, that's not the way to kind of defeat this particular villain. Um, so Arnie's being pretzeled up. Lorraine is about to be killed. It flashes back to, like, a moment when Ed and Lorraine, like, met each other when they were young in, like, the fucking 50s or some shit. And For, like, the first time in hours since it got brought up. Yeah. yeah. It's just kind of just, like, a whole moment they have again. And through that, he's able to break out of it. And instead of hitting her, he hits above her. And above her is the altar. And he's able to break the altar and essentially breaks the curse. And Arnie stops bending himself and stops trying to kill himself. And um, they, Isla arrives behind them and she's like, yo, what the hell? And essentially before she can really do anything, we find out now that the demon is like, you promised me a soul, you didn't give me a soul, so bitch, I'm taking yours. She gets wetzled, pretzeled, and the yes. demon essentially just like eats her kills her and like takes her soul leaves her body there and that's kind of the climax of that um at the end it's sort of just like almost a bittersweet-ish moment like ed has the cup from the altar takes it to his artifact room in the background we see the oh, the queen valak themselves i'm not quite sure if valak's a male or female so i'm gonna be gender neutral for this from the second oh, movie shit. Yeah, Valak is Woke. a nun, but also a demon, so I'm not quite sure whether it's a she or he or whatever, but um, the painting in the background is a Valak from the second movie, and we also see a glimpse of the Annabelle doll in the background of a different shot as well, also throwing back to the previous movies and obviously the Annabelle series. And then we go back to Arnie to kind of see where he is going to lie in this whole trial he is convicted of first-degree manslaughter and only ends up serving five years of his sentence. Mary's, uh, totally forgot her name, Debbie, yeah. and when yeah. he's in prison. And Ed and Lorraine have a sweet moment at the end where he builds her replica of the gazebo where they first met. And it's very cute or whatever. And yeah, that's that's literally it. That's that where it. it ends. And it it sounds like, again, I just have to say, like, hearing you explain it, it sounds all over the place, but it's how the movie is. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it's pretty nutty the whole way through. Yeah. That's the movie. <laughs> Do we want to take turns giving general thoughts about it? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I guess um, we can. Oh, you go first, AJ. Oh, wait, go ahead. Well, I was going to talk a bit about the actual case that this was based on but i can oh do that yes because yeah, cool. the, the credits was like the best part let's do that first 
yeah, so I, I looked a bit into the actual case, and obviously this movie, just like all the other movies that they based their cases on, there are some liberties they took with it because they had to. Um, and obviously some things were real and some things weren't. But the case was based on the 1981 Arnie Johnson case, which he is an actual person. He actually did go to prison, actually did kill someone, and is actually out of jail. He did the sentencing and everything was correct. Um, he was sent to prison for stabbing his landlord, whose name is Alan Bono. In the movie, they changed Bono. the name to Bruno and gave him a whole different persona to kind of, you know, not use the victim in that sense, I'm assuming. Same yeah. thing, stabbed him 20 times with a pocket knife. Though the circumstances were a bit different, um, allegedly there was drinking, but an argument did ensue between the two of them over his fiance Debbie so in real life they were already engaged not just boyfriend girlfriend um and during the argument they're not quite sure what exactly happened but it escalated and led to Johnson stabbing Bono 20 times with his pocket knife he so again like a lot of that is very much true he did claim that it was demonic possession as his defense in court which later just got brought down to self-defense because obviously the demonic possession did not hold up um david glatzel is an actual boy so that whole beginning portion of demonic possession and that we hear in the end credits actually are based on a real case as well they are connected um he was 11 years they, old at the time of his uh, parent possession go ahead i was gonna say they did play actual tape of the so-called possession that like at the end, over the credits yeah. at the end. Yeah, so we get to hear a bit of, like, the real, quote-unquote, real um, exorcism that happened with David. Um, he was convicted of first-degree manslaughter. He was released in 86, so he only served five years out of his 10 to 20-year sentence. Um, he also was released a month early from his parole date because of, quote-unquote, good behavior and being an upstanding um, inmate. So he was allowed to be free after that. Wow. In prison, like we mentioned, he ended up getting married to Deborah, and he also re received his high school diploma. Um, and also, interestingly enough, the priests that quote-unquote participated, even though they will not admit that, um, were not allowed to speak on the matter, and the church really held itself at a distance from this case and didn't really want any involvement. So he didn't have any actual priest testify to what happened with David and any of that. They wanted to really estrange themselves from exorcisms because it is a very controversial topic in general. And they mm -hmm. didn't want to be associated with the case. So he actually got no help with the church besides, you know, kind of pussyfooting around it saying, we gave advice and that's about it. So he got no help from them, and do that what you will with that information. But um, for the most part, that's the essence of the case. And the Warrens were involved with Glatzel, as well as with um, uh, Johnson. And they were very heavily criticized for being a part of it. As they were with Amity, they were very heavily criticized for profiting off a tragedy, essentially. So... I mean, it, yeah. that to me is it makes this movie kind of weird. Um, but I'll talk about that in my later portion. But yeah, that's kind of just like the true case. Of, and uh, keep in mind that even though the defense was weird, this was the 80s and satanic panic was definitely a big thing yeah. in the 80s. Yeah. 
Um, and the other Annabelle movie kind of touches on this a little bit too, around like the 70s when like the cult era was kind of very popular. But Satanic Panic was like, it was a hysteria. Like the Exorcist and Rosemary Babies came out. So we had a lot of movies that emulated the essence of possession and satanic rituals and whatnot. Um, so it, it, even though it didn't work and it, it's not necessarily like justification for anything, keep in mind that during the 80s, it definitely was nothing out of place to kind of blame something on demons or cults. Yeah. It'd be a decent way to get out of killing your landlord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or tried to anyway. Oh, did he live? No, 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 no. Alan Bono did pass away, unfortunately. But he tried to get out of it. Yeah, I meant Johnson tried to get out of it, like using that excuse to... Yes, 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 yes. ...escape sentencing, which he didn't. I I thought you meant he lived after the 22 No, 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 no. Holy shit, what a man! No, no, no. Unfortunately, (laughs) he did pass away, sadly. Yeah, that's that's rough. It's crazy, because... But do they have the recordings of her touching the corpse in the morgue and being able to communicate with a witch right. 180 miles away? I think they do. So obviously that portion is fabricated. So the whole story about <laughs> Jessica and um, Katie, are they're not real people. That was an insert. So there's no case mm-hmm. that happened. There's, there's nothing of that sort. Just for clarification, yeah. that was another part of the movie that was added in and fabricated for the sake of entertainment. And bringing the movie together. Yeah. So, I don't know. If they if their goal was entertainment, I'm not sure they succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is fair to say that that was their goal. They're making a movie. The goal of movies are to entertain. Uh, oh, really? I thought, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm definitely being a little too hard on it. But uh, it, it was rough, I, I feel, overall. I, I think overall like, it was shit. Yeah. I, I feel like it was pretty good... Up until when he actually kills uh, Bono. I think when yeah. Bono dies, like I, I was kind of waiting and it, it never recovered from that. It just kept going down and, you know, I'm going to say it. I know it's controversial, but I'm, I'm going to say it. I think I preferred Willy's Wonderland. Jesus. <laughs> Stop. Ooh, that's hard to think about. Mm. Right? Okay, right? No. Willy's Wonderland was not good. Willy's but Wonderland was call not it good. Boring. But I wouldn't call it boring. <laughs> there were elements of it that were very interesting, but God, I disagree. That I movie think... was like trash. why? No, but I still need to know why Nicolas Cage never spoke. Like I don't understand what the point of that was. I read uh, Seth Rogen's new book, right? Jesus, and he talks about when he met with uh, Nick Cage to do a uh-huh. movie, and he wanted Nick Cage to play the villain. So Nick Cage was like pitching the concepts he wanted for his villain, right? And he said, all right, I want to be bald, but then I want to tattoo hair on my head to make it look like I have hair. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of funny. Like, that's kind of a funny villain gimmick. And so a couple of days pass, and then Seth Rogen gets a phone call from Nick Cage, and he's like, hey, you know, we talked about that villain, and I talked about the tattoo hair. I think I'm going to do that in real life, so I don't want to do that for the character. I think that's what I actually <laughs> Like, see you Tuesday. (laughs) He's a fucking nut. What? He wanted to tattoo fake hair on top of his head to make it look like he had hair. That's fucking wild. I thought that was nuts. No, that's fucking wild. Kim, what did you think of the movie? Um, it's, it it is difficult. I mean, obviously it's my first watch, so it's, it's kind of hard to just fully disregard it. 
But I think in terms of the other two movies, for me, it does fall a bit flat. I think there's definitely elements of this movie that I think, even though they may be seen as promising or interesting, were already used in the second movie. Ed being targeted was done in the second movie. Ed and Lorraine's love story and love conquering all was done in the second movie as well. And I think the second movie just did it better. I think they had a really good formula with the first two. The the demon itself, I feel like, is a very... like That's one of their winners in their movie. Like, Valak, as much as I probably don't like the second one as much as the first, I think that character, the nun character, really well done. Like, she, they look really fucking terrifying. Um, and in this one, although I think the makeup was well done for the demon, they're not memorable enough for me to yeah. really, like, care about it. Whereas the nun, or Valak, I should say, has a sort of look to them that really does look scary and terrifying. And even with Annabelle, you know, each movie kind of had their own sort of thing that really stood out. And I think this movie didn't have that. And I think it is because they try to minimize the role of the demon to make it an individual. So I think Mm -hmm. as much as they try to be different, again, this also isn't the first movie that's done demonic forces is the reason for them dying and therefore we're gonna take it to court if you've watched the exorcism of emily rose it has a very similar concept in which the priest is on trial for essentially killing emily rose during an exorcism and again the discussion of god in the courtroom and like hauntings after that is very much a part of that entire plot so to me this isn't even even though it's based on the true case quote-unquote true case It's kind of not a nuanced concept to me that, like, I... It doesn't really have any originality that I can give it much credit for. And, I mean, the the Warrens, I love them in the first two. Well, love is a kind of a strong word. I tolerated them in the first two a bit. This one, like, it's kind of like an X-Files, like, Scully and Mulder, but, like, Walmart Uh version. Where, like, it's not... It's not clever... It's very much, like, her powers. Like, she's Professor X. Like, they're the X-Men at this point. She straight up is, yeah. Like, and to be fair, it's not... They had part of that in the second one as well, and even the first one where she's able to kind of, like, see with her, like... I don't know if it's a fucking third eye, but her, like, mediumness, her clairvoyancy kind of helps her go to new lengths and contact and, you know, see the demons and talk with them. It's not new, but it's definitely heightened to a point that it's not even, like, I can't even pretend to believe it. I can't even buy into it because it's so far-fetched. And it's not really my taste in things. I'm not a big fan of that. And again, like, there's a buildup that's supposed to happen in this movie from the beginning to the end. And the buildup is finding out about the Satanists. To be honest, I don't really give a shit about the Satanists. I also think it paints yeah. Satanists in a really bad light, which, yeah. again, is very archaic to me. That's not not new in horror, obviously. Satanism and witchcraft are tied into each other, and same with demonic possession. Like It's all very much in the same realm of things, but it's so like overdone to the point that it, it's kind of just like, it, it, it's boring to me. Like, oh, it's an occult? Cool. And this is not, this is like the hundredth movie that has to deal with that. You're not original for it. So there's really nothing in it that I can really give much, like, 
that was pretty interesting. That was different. That makes it stand out. Yeah. It just mm-hmm. tries to go its own road, and it's not. It doesn't really do anything for me, unfortunately. I I can appreciate that it tried to be different. Like the last thing I want to say is, oh, you're doing three of these movies. They should all be pretty similar. Like if they wanted, like you could have told me, oh, the third Conjuring movie is actually about witchcraft and it's kind of sick. I'd be, I'd be open to that, like completely, but they, they just don't do well with it. Yeah. Like they, they just, they have, I, I, it's not conceptually bad. It's executionally bad. Yeah. And I think the Satanist thing is interesting because they could have gone and called them just witches or yeah. witchcraft or cultists, and it would have had the same thing. But they have to include the lines that are like, oh, the Lord sent me to you and shit. And again, it just feels much like the last one, like a lot of the religious elements are just out of place. And the fact that it has such a strong religious tone, but this is the one movie where reading out of the book and splashing the holy water doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. It just it's it's like odd mixed messages, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's also like the quote that the, the priest makes that's like, the why is irrelevant. They're just essentially like asking why is going counter to what Satanists do because they're just fucking insane and chaotic. That to me is just lazy. That's lazy yeah, as fuck. Yeah. It's like the the scream. The it's scarier without a motivation. <laughs> and like yeah. it's not. It just makes no fucking sense. And if you're gonna make me sit through this hour fifty two movie of like half of it's just bullshit of like the X Files but worse. And yet you're going to say there is no motivation. She's just in the occult and likes chaos and wants to like, not even she doesn't want chaos. She's just like in the occult and randomly selects these people. There is no connection that the character Isla has to any of these other people. It just happens. Are you fucking kidding me? Which is like so much more necessary when you make it like a human person, you know? It's just so weird. Also, they never mention that he has a daughter, right? Do they? Do they mention that he has a daughter before they... they they no. announced that no you so it's not even like it's like saying oh and the person that actually killed the butler was someone you've actually never heard of he just came yeah and killed him you know yeah <laughs> you can't hint at it whatsoever yeah it's it's and i mean this is probably a personal opinion but when you're dealing with like a real case it, it i think this is a bit different than like the other ones because this one has to do with like a murder and there's a clear victim. Yeah. And the victim in this case, in my opinion, is not Johnson. It is obviously Alan Bono. Um, yeah. It kind of walks a slippery <laughs> line. Because I feel like this movie, and this might be, I don't know if it's controversial, but this is just what I get from it, so I don't really give a fuck. Not that it has an agenda, but it definitely paints Johnson as like this good guy who didn't mean to do anything. It wasn't his yeah. fault. The Warrens were just helping. And we disregard the fact that he murdered a fucking human being. And granted, yeah, right, 100%. this movie is it's fiction for the most part. But when you're dealing with the real case and real real people for the most part, and you put this out there like that, it just kind of sits a little bit sourly in my mouth. Because, I mean, not to say that other movies don't do, that they're based on similar things or have certain aspects from similar stuff that's fine. Yeah, I can't. It's not the first. Yeah, but it's also like, it's the same exact guy. With and it's too close to the case for it to like really have a full separation. Like if you take like, out all the fucking demonic shit, everything else is basically true, minus Jessica yeah. and Katie, and what you change the victim's name and that's it. 
Because now when people look at the real case, right? People want to like, because it's based on true story, quote unquote, they really egg that shit on. And you look into the real case. Now you're kind of looking at it being like, oh, well, Johnson was possessed. Well, that guy was a drunk. And that's not true. Like, it's it's not. Yeah. We don't know much about the victim himself. I just think it's very, like, I don't think it's, like, offensive. I, I don't think it crosses a line. But it very much is like, oh, the Warrens were just, they were just doing their job. And Johnson was so young and he was in love. Like, fuck that shit. He killed someone. Period. Kim, you, you, don't, you don't understand. The devil made him do it, and his landlord was a drunk. It's just so, it's so weird to me. Like, they could have, they could have honestly separated a lot more from the original case, and it would have been fine. It's just so weird that when you Google everything, and you look into the case, it's the same as a movie. (laughs) Minus the way they they show the victim, but even then, there's not much on the victim online, and I don't really want to discuss his personal business either. either. But... The way they paint the victim in the fucking movie is kind of shitty. Yeah, he's awful. He's a shitty character. And and you're right, it really is kind of gross. Because in all reality, this is a guy that killed his landlord after a fight and said, Oh, I'm just a Christian boy. Yeah. <laughs> Afterwards yeah. and got away with it. Because, you know, none of this shit happened in real life. So it's it really is just kind of glorifying a murderer and demonizing his innocent victim. No matter how drunk that dude was, he didn't deserve to be stabbed 22 times on his own property. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I know they probably do their best to avoid lawsuits and trying to kind of fictionalize as much as they can and, you know, keep themselves within the realm. It's just kind of weird to me because I've always kind of been strange when it's, like, based on true stories, okay, well, how close are you? And this one, in my opinion, is just a bit too close to the original. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that the Warrens themselves had an actual, like, they were criticized for it really heavily as they are for any other case that they kind of take on. And yet they make this movie where they're like the gods basically right butt cheek and they're able to come in and save the <laughs> fucking day. It's just really fucking weird to me. I, I don't really like that part of it. I hope to be gods right butt cheek. It's like <laughs> I don't fuck that. <laughs> I, I think you're absolutely right. It, 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 I feel like it jumped the shark, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I call this jump to the shark and the superpowers are inexcusable. They solve so much throughout uh, the movie just by getting visions. Like what moves the plot forward in this movie is continuously visions. Yeah. Even what the movies are really known for, like, you know, their, their jump scares, the really cool makeup and effects they have that they've done the last few movies. It's not really pertinent throughout this movie. Like we don't really see it. So it's kind of like, damn, you're not going to give me what you usually do and you're not going to give me anything else? Like, well, then what the (laughs) fuck did I do sitting here for an hour and 52 minutes? Like, I'm leaving this theater with what? Well, obviously not a theater, but I'm like leaving this experience with like, what am I going to remember from this movie besides the fact that I hated it? (laughs) That's it? (laughs) It kind of sucks. Yeah. Well, and that love conquers all. Oh, fuck. I hate oh, it. God. <laughs> God. They, they, like, legit say that. That's almost they a do. direct line. Yeah. It's so fucking cheesy. And, like, it worked in the second movie, and I gave it a mini pass in the second movie, but it did annoy me. This one, again, you guys, who, if James Wan, if you're listening to this shit, you need to stop with that bullshit. Like, it worked <laughs> once, you made a second time Let to it try go. to make it pass, and now it's done. Love triumphs all is is bullshit. Move on from that theme. There's many other themes to explore. At this point, 
Okay, I don't want to say that. I was going to say, well, at this point, I hope one of them dies. But I don't want to say that Aww. because in real life, they did pass away. R.I.P. And Lori yeah. Warren, with all respect, <laughs> family. But for the characters love, in the I'll... universe, I'm like, fuck these bitches, man. I'm tired of them surviving. Like, shit. Again, well, with peace and love the to the family of <laughs> Lorraine Warren. <laughs> in, the, in the characters, not in real life, obviously. I'm just kind of over yeah. it. Well, if they change the story and kill one of them, what? Are they going to complain? They're dead. <laughs> <laughs> With all respect to their family and to themselves. <laughs> With all respect to their family. <laughs> With peace hey, and love. Thanks for covering me there. Take thanks a drink. Take a shot every time Kim says, With all respect to their family. <laughs> or quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, just. I don't want to talk shit about you know people that have passed away. Because, I mean, again, these are real. These are real people, yeah. and that's kind of the hard thing about these things is, like, you're dealing with real people, and sometimes in movies and media, it, that gets a bit, it gets forgotten that these are actual people's lives and people's experiences, and there's victims and people that are affected by this, so. I think that's a double-edged sword, this movie and this franchise, for the most part, kind of deals with, at least this movie. When it's a real case like this, it's kind of... You know, you walk a very thin line when you decide to do this. And for me, it's not yeah. one of my favorites. I don't think they executed it well enough. Yeah, I agree. AJ, do you have do you have a rant on the end of this movie? <laughs> I don't think I have a full rant for you. I do think that there were elements that were like almost there, and then they just fully flailed and fell apart. And yeah. I mean, I wish that the characters were more interesting. I wish... I thought that the them going after the Warrens was slightly interesting, but if they've done that, that like, literally the film before this, mm-hmm. then I don't see what the point of it was. Like, that was literally the only thing that could have been more interesting. Would have been like, oh, the Warrens have been, like, the heroes, and now they're being attacked. Um, but if that's happened, then, like, I don't get what the point of that was. Um, I agree with the whole concept that this... Like, it's fucked up to go against, um, like, a victim and paint it in such a happy picture. Because, like we said, the only character trait that the dude had was that he was a good guy. Like, that was the whole character. And when reality, you're looking at it and you're looking at this case and you see that, like, no, this is actually someone who murdered someone. You're like, great, I'm glad we just spent two hours painting him as a good guy and that's it like there was nothing like his character flaws this realistic person um he he pretty much is nice in the beginning and then writhes sweaty in a bed he he, he, for the rest of the movie he stabs someone in between sure but i mean to be fair they did this with amityville too and there is criticism on that as well um and the same concept of like amityville like did happen there was there were people that did die in that particular case and the situation they kind of painted as again was like, oh no, it was just demons, haha. <laughs> and again, it kind of does put a little bit of like a harsh taste in my mouth because it, it I don't know, it, it's kind of weird to me. Things like that when it's too close, I'm like, I don't like that. You can't just make up a random character and just do what everyone else does and include some pieces of it and call it a true story. You guys really had to like use the actual names of people. Yeah. And I get that that brings in interest and it, it makes it more enticing for audiences. But like, and again, people probably don't, some people don't care about that. Some people just don't really give a shit about that. And I mean, that's totally fair too. Um, for the sake of entertainment, I can understand some people's disregard for that. But this movie didn't have entertainment. 
So no, there's no. really no redeeming qualities, even if I were to put whatever quote-unquote ethics or morals that I have towards this movie. Without any of that, I don't really think it does anything. It, I'm probably going to forget about this movie by tomorrow, and I'm never going to rewatch this movie. So, um, yeah. I feel like I shit on this movie too much. There was some no, cool I, I no, stuff. I think, I think you're right. No, I think we're all. I think this movie was was hot shit. I think, yeah. I think it was awful. It's not the worst um, movie we've seen. To be fair, I, I think so personally. But God, really, you're really gonna put stupid Nicolas Cage over this movie? I might put. I, I might put the Nicolas Cage movie over the Grudge. If Jesus Christ! <laughs> I literally can't. Are you serious? <laughs> semi what damn i agree damn. with myself there like 70 <laughs> percent. No, it's not the damn. worst movie we've seen but or the worst movie ever i mean i don't want to i don't want to no. say that it's like it's it has a great budget it's really great acting i don't want to take away from that either like the acting is incredible off the scale we know these actors do an amazing job transitions were pretty interesting i like the perspective change the use of lighting was really cool um, the demon lady, for as long as she was on screen, was pretty, the way the corpse looked, they were pretty interesting, really well done. They always do really great jobs when it comes to makeup and effects of, like, their scary characters. So there's, like, there's things that were, it, it's not hot shit. It's not the worst movie ever. It's not Wooly's Wonderland. It's not horse shit. It's just, <laughs> in comparison to the rest of the, the movies, and kind of, you know, the standards that the other movies have kind of put up. It doesn't do a great job. And if you're coming... It's in all of our bottom three, right? I think so. I have to relook at the other movies we've done before I can definitely say that. I will say it's in a bottom three. I don't know what the third one is in the bottom three, because I don't think The Grudge deserves to be there. Ooh, Creepshow, maybe? No, that's Creepshow. that's fully my... Ooh, Creepshow's number one. You guys, that's the best movie we've watched so far, so... <laughs> <laughs> what other movies have we seen? We're going to have to do rankings of the movies so far. Suspiria, Mid- uh, Midsummer. Uh-huh. Oh, wait. Give me a second. Give me a second. What, what are Aaron's picks? I feel like those are all going to be at the For bottom. For my bottom three? No, what, which movies have been your picks? Willie's. Okay, Any I'll, of the hillbilly horror. I'm giving us a full list. So you can just kind of pick and choose. Okay. So first one was Midsummer, then Creepshow, then The Grudge, then Dust Till Dawn. Then Suspiria, then Willy's Wonderland, then The Descent, mm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, oh shit, those are all just all the ones that have been edited. Um, What's the next one? The next one was the other hillbilly horror movie. After House that, of Thousand what, Corpses. I, we no, watched we did, we Exorcist did, and the House Descent. Of the... Yeah, yeah. Oh, and Exorcist. we did um, we did the one, the invading one. The strangers. Yes. The strangers. I don't know where the strangers fits into there. Was that after the Exorcist? I don't know. No, before. it was before no. the Exorcist. We got we have Child's Play in there somewhere yeah. too. Yeah. So they were both before uh, the Exorcist, and then we did the Exorcist, and then we did House of Living Corpses, and then corpses. we did Exorcist, <laughs> whatever, and then <laughs> uh, we did the Exorcist again, and then we did whatever. <laughs> we did The Conjuring. Yeah, I'd say my bottom three are Willy's Wonderland, The Grudge, and this. Damn. Fuck The Grudge. All right. I know, right? <laughs> um, I would say my bottom three are um, ugh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Pain. Um, Willy's Wonderland and this. My bottom three are 
all Willy's Wonderland. They're that fucking bad. <laughs> I'll accept that answer. Yeah, and uh, yeah, because the rest I can find merit in. That movie, none. No, the grudge is in there not because it's bad. It's just it just happens to be in comparison. Worse than all those other yeah. Ones. Yeah, you know, it just happens to be. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of movies that'll push the grudge up very soon. But yeah, agreed. But it just happens to be. Uh, I love all the other movies we've watched, and including like The Strangers, which I hadn't seen previously. Same. It. Like I, I yeah, that's that really, pretty good. Uh, that it, that entered pretty high in my list, and I, I didn't see that coming. So I'm re- I'm really not biased towards my Your own picks, picks particularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just movies because like I, I I'm ready like Suspiria. I love Suspiria. Yeah, me too. Blood Origin. That's one of my tops. <laughs> yeah, but um, fuck Willy's Wonderland. Um, I think we're all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if you fuck I still, it. I had I had merit. That movie had merit. I don't know why. I I don't completely hate that movie, and I will stand by. That. <laughs> I don't completely hate it. I just think it was like a hot mess. Oh, without a doubt. But most of the movies I enjoy are. Yeah. Yeah, I fucking hate one, that movie. Though. But not this one. This one was a hot mess. I did not Can we watch Paranormal Activity? <laughs> You've already seen it. I've already seen we'll The Conjuring to too. We'll we'll get to it. Yeah, we didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Are that. we done? I think I think we should wrap it up. Right. O- overall, yeah. this we're almost right? to two hours. No, we're good though. We're good. There's a there, there's shit that can be cut from this. Yeah. Okay. This whole conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just skip all the non-Kim parts. <laughs> <laughs> it's a one-woman show. <laughs> so it'll be like The Exorcist again. We'll yes. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. All right. Um, final thoughts. Bad. I know we've been doing that for a half hour now, but we'll, we'll do like final couple sentences. You yeah. Know? That was my sentence. One more time. Bad. Oh, that's okay. it. Put that on the back of the box. <laughs> you hear us, Warner Brothers? <laughs> Bad. Kim? Oh, that was really it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess again to reiterate, I I don't, I don't think it had a really bad concept. It's the execution and the way that they kind of portrayed a couple things that I, I feel like weren't to my liking personally. Again, everyone's entitled to their opinion, so I'm sure there are people that definitely do like this movie. Kudos to you. I just personally did not. <laughs> I think it did have some interesting things that make it a part of The Conjuring itself. I mean, obviously, like I talked about already, I think it had great transitions. I think the acting was by far the highlight of the movie. Again, I, I think it probably isn't the worst in the franchise because I don't particularly care for any of the Annabelle movies besides maybe the first one. Um, but it definitely is the lower half of the whole series as a whole for me. I mean, I'm not going to rewatch this movie. If you're looking for a movie that is just like The Conjuring, if you expect this movie to be just like The Conjuring 1 and 2, don't get too excited because it really isn't. It, it very much has its own kind of plot. and it, it tries to go in a different direction. Again, kudos to James Wan and Michael Chavez for even doing this. Good for them for being creative. That's the point of movies, I understand. But for me, it just didn't really hit the mark. I'm probably not going to rewatch this movie ever again. And I would hope that I forget about this movie completely. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, 
it's each their own, and I'm sure people that are fans of this franchise more than myself might find a bit more liking to it. But personally, it didn't do it for me, so it's gonna be a no for me. That was the nicest slam dunk I've I've (laughs) ever heard on a movie. Like it was so brutal. Like it cut to the core of that movie, but it was delivered so kindly. (laughs) I didn't want to just say it was shit because I think that's (laughs) there's good things in here. It's just not great. I didn't expect a good movie. I expected a relatively okay movie with a couple of cool jump scares, and I didn't even get that. So, bad. <laughs> bad. <laughs> Is that, would you like to add a second word, AJ? No. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> There's word number two. God. No. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for this week. Hopefully next week we uh some better vibes. <laughs> would be nice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some, uh, some enjoyment um next week actually i was i was thinking that we would watch the 2006 classic the ant bully which <laughs> i recently learned stars nicholas cage as Zonk. Right, right. i've Zonk never heard ant. of that movie <gasps> i've heard of the ant bully no no i think i had it in a fever dream once maybe it doesn't even really exist for all i know but i remember it at some point in my life <laughs> but we'll get to see uh Nick Cage is Zock. So I just think it's important that we keep at least one Nick Cage movie a month. Can we commit to that? No. No. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. I got us covered. Uh, Mandy's got to come real soon, mm. in, all, in all honesty. But until then, I've been Aaron. I've been AJ. I'm Kim. And uh, I guess you're cool. I think I love you. I don't know. <laughs>